Finnovate showcases cutting-edge banking and financial technology through a global conference series featuring short-form demos and thought leadership. Now, the conversation continues on the Finnovate podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Finnovate podcast. Joining me today, we have Nancy Giordano, the strategic futurist and author and somebody you may have seen on the Finnovate stage previously. Nancy, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, It's so great to be back. Hi. So we're going to talk a little bit today about a new book that you've written called Leadering. Um, For those of us who haven't read it yet, can you give just a quick overview of what that book is about? And, And then we'll kind of tie it more directly to financial services in a moment. Sure. So what it's about actually is the, the subline, right? It's called Leadering. And the subline is the ways visionary leaders play bigger. And it's really designed to help us think really differently about how we approach the future. So uh, I just feel like, my, I guess the premise of the book is there was a way in which we approached uh, building the industrial era of the 20th century and prior that no longer holds up and that we have to have a really different way of thinking as we move into the future. And so leadering is the contrast to leadership. It's a verb that's dynamic and inclusive and caring and uh, allows us to build the future that we really want to build. And it's filled with anecdotes and statistics and examples. So it's a very, uh, it sounds lofty, but it's actually a pretty practical or at least tangible uh, experience around that. Yeah, yeah, certainly would encourage anybody to go and check it out. There's a lot to unpack there. And I think you did a good job of making it accessible um, in the writing style. So it does sound a little lofty, but it's um, there, there's quite a bit in there that I think you can really sink your teeth into. You know, one of the pieces that I really found interesting was the idea of the productivity revolution. Um, and, and again, we'll kind of tie this more specifically to uh, banking and the financial services space. But can you start by telling us more about, you know, what you mean by productivity revolution and, and kind of the era that we're in now? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're going to get um, more and more fossil with this, the vocabulary around that. But the thinking really is that um, we still talk about industrial revolution and people talk about that we're entering the fourth industrial revolution, but there's a certain sort of shape to an expectation to an industrial mechanical revolution that is not where we're headed now. There's really, we're at the precipice of something that is going to be much more transformatively different than that. And so what is the best way to describe it? And the way I think about it is that we will have this um, amazing opportunity to create so much more with less, right? With less people, with less resources, with less whatever, but still have this really abundant, really quite extraordinary future. So when you think about the fact like for vertical farming that we can grow food 10 times faster with 95% less water, that's a huge productivity shift, right? Or if we can 3D print a house that traditionally right now costs $156,000, according to Google, to build a thousand square foot house that I could 3D print for five or $7,000. That's a huge productivity shift, again, exponentially. So, right, when you think about the fact that Netflix is now worth, I think it was like 69 times what Blockbuster ever was at its heyday. Like these are just huge productivity advances uh, that we are just entering the very, very first wave of. So I think we just need to change the way we think about the moment that we're heading into and what that allows for and the opportunities that it creates. Yeah, certainly. I think one of the things that has happened over the last year, everybody's sort of been in this moment where we kind of have to be heads down and immediately 
focused on what's right in front of us. That's kind of what happens in a crisis situation. You sort of uh, end up just kind of getting through it however you can. But immediately prior to the pandemic, you know, in 2018 and 2019, we were talking a lot about changes to the way uh, everybody does business, the way that um, everybody you know, produces things to your point. Or, and of course, we'll tie it back into banking now, the way that people bank, the way people interact with their money. Um, certainly, we've seen large scale changes so far, but there's always been this idea that you know, there's really big changes, significant changes right around the corner. And, and I think it's important to start getting back into that and really looking at what that means. So, you know, let, let's kind of take the conversation there right now, looking at the financial world in particular, and looking at the productivity revolution that you're talking about, um, you know, what, what forces do you see acting on the banking world or the financial services world as a result of these kind of large scale societal changes that we're seeing in other areas? Well, I think it's funny because I, to your point, these forces were already uh, underway prior to the, this past year's pandemic, but what uh, often became happened is they became much more visible in this past year because everything became so much more concentrated, right? We really looked at things uh, through a really different, much more um, highly vivid lens, if you will, during this period of time. So there's like four or five that I think that are impacting every industry, including banking. But the first certainly is about, you know, our shifted more digital solutions to all this. We've certainly become much more hopefully confident around our, um, the, the role that technology plays in our lives. And again, we are so early days to what is going to happen, but I think it then sets up hopefully more curiosity and again, more confidence around the additional tools and the additional technology advances that will be heading our way. So that, you know, certainly that's the first one. The second is uh, hopefully a much more thoughtfulness around sustainability. When we start to see our, uh, you know, our consumptive behaviors impact on the planet. And when suddenly it all stops um, and we can see for real that the sky becomes clearer and the water becomes clear and the animals come back out and we say, wow, you know what? Um, our consumptive behavior really does impact the planet, but it came at such a high cost to stop it. So we have to find this better symbiosis, right? A better balance between uh, economic vitality and environmental and ecological health. So I think that that's a second that people are paying a lot more attention to. Again, has been in the works, but now I think there's really, we recognize that something can come out of the blue and really grab us. And we really should be taking some of these warnings more seriously. Um, the third has to do around uh, systemic bias and inequity. Again, we've been talking for many years about growing income and wealth and access divides, whether that's to healthcare, whether it's to education, whether it's to technology, whether it's to capital. Uh, and I think now we recognized again the price that we're paying around that and the, the instability that that creates. And so there's a lot more attention being paid to how we shore up that gap and, and try and make this a much more safe and inclusive society for everyone. Um, and then the last has to do around, was well, not the last, was almost last, has to do with our own capacities. Like we've looked at ourselves and say, what does it mean to be adaptive? What does it mean to be resilient? What are the resources that I have? Who has my back, right, in my house? in my neighborhood, uh, you know, my employer, with the brands that I choose, with the companies that I do business with, with my government, you know, where I trust the information, where I don't I trust the information. And so I think there's been this really interesting kind of reflection on sort of who we are, why we're here and who's around to, uh, to that we can count on. Um, but the one that I think that we also don't pay a lot of attention to, and it's not specific necessarily to the pandemic, but is one that I think will have a huge impact on the future is what Time Magazine described as a youth quake 
this really fascinating generation or two that are coming of age now that I describe as having a social brain that's highly empowered to be able to be in this era of, of a lot of responsibility, of a lot of possibility, of a lot of transition. And so the values that they bring to this and the outlook that they bring to this is really important. There's an amazing stat that 42% of the world's population is under 25. And I think it's 52% of the population maybe under 30. So when you just think about that, we're always using it to kind of a, you know, a sort of a Western lens. When you think about that globally, that's really quite extraordinary. So those forces all together, when you start to imagine them um, uh, converging, uh, start to, you know, ask a different question about what is the role of business in a shifting society? What is the role of banking in a shifting society? Yeah, yeah, certainly a lot of pieces to take away there. So, um, you know, just to- I know, I did that recap. really fast. Don't worry, I was writing them down. So we've got, you know- Five kind of world-changing things that we could do in like three minutes or less. But- Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we've got and digital the adoption, is, think, sustainability, the systemic bias, inequality, kind of our own internal looking, you know, on an individual level. And then this emergence of, of youth that are coming in. And I think, you know, these are, again, these are all things which people have been sort of vaguely aware of, you know, as far back even as five years ago. But but there's increased visibility into these. And I love the example of saying, you know, what happens if we you know, stop driving into cities and like animals do come back in, right? We start, we saw that. We saw the sky clearing up over a lot of places that had had perennial smog for decades. And you know, right. to, to see this, I think it just reinforces, you know, kind of what's possible. And then, you know, looking at how we get there in a productive way, in a way that really addresses all five of these areas, because it's, you know, tackling one is enough of a challenge. Looking at all five together, it starts to become you know, pretty, uh, pretty huge. The idea that you can go and really make an impact here. So, um, you know, looking at but but they, but that's oh, just ahead. it. But that's also what makes it. I think so. Just to interrupt for a second. Is transformative in such an extraordinary moment in time, right? We can take a look at all of those things. And the only thing I would say about the fourth one is not just about even our individual capacities. It's really looking at the systems around us and understanding mm -hmm. the systems hold us or don't hold us. So we have this opportunity to redesign some of the systems so they can be uh, certainly much more effective and more productive. Uh, and safer um, and more resilient. Uh, but I think it's when you look at across it, that's where you realize the real power is. We're not just trying to sort of fix one thing and, and they're not related to the other. That's really this extraordinary moment to, to build what I describe as the better next, right? We yeah. don't want to just go back and fortify what we had in the past. There are a lot of breakdowns that we didn't pay attention to in the past that now we have an opportunity through this more sensitive and more thoughtful um, lens to, I think, build so much better moving forward. So let's talk about this, the idea of building a better next, which is a phrase which I really enjoy. What does it take, you know, what's required from the banking and financial systems to allow us to get there? You know, I think you know, there's probably a range of different things, but what comes to mind right now for me is a combination of empathy and curiosity. So I do think recognizing that we are, you know, because uh, I, I think that, you know, we on the outside here have this view that banking has become very transactional, very cold, very... Uh, even more and more automated, less and less thinking about the human and the person and the, the people that it is designed as a system to serve. And I think the idea of getting back to an understanding that this is designed to help facilitate and coordinate resources with people, right, with communities, with each other, um, and to do it in a way that really builds trust. We're going to be in this world, when we talk about digital reliance, particularly uh, and banks that have so much information about us, more than we will have about ourselves and an understanding about that. So being able to, to to use that uh, in a way that empowers us versus exploits us, or as my friend serves, uh, friend Jerry Mikalski says, serves us rather than stalks us, is a really important part 
of um, the moment that we're in and thinking about where banks need to be, again, more empathetic and more thoughtful about that. Um, and then the second is really much more curious. You know, I have uh, spoken at many financial events and with many financial and insurance professionals who will tell me that will never happen. And I'm like, right. you know, we need to take that word out of our vocabulary. We really need to replace it with what if. What yeah. if, you know, cryptocurrency does this? Or what if it's possible that I could do my banking through Starbucks? Or what if, you know, I, whatever. Um, you can fill in the blank with lots of different ways which you can do that. But I think that having a much more open mind and a much more curious perspective around that allows us to build much better solutions and, and not be caught off guard. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, I completely agree there, you know, looking at what's happening right now, there are going to be large scale shifts. Um, and I think that, you know, looking at people as individuals, you know, people still will have needs, they'll have needs which need to be met by the financial services community and the, the organizations who prioritize people and understanding, you know, who their customers or potential customers are, who understand how their world is changing, because that's the other piece here as the individual as individuals worlds change, they're going to need different things from their banks, from their service providers. And we don't know exactly what that's going to look like, you know, that's going to start to evolve and, and maybe quicker than we think. But we have to keep in mind as an industry, you know, what's actually happening. And so this, you know, to your point, there's the two sides of it, obviously, understanding what what people are feeling and what they're looking at and being curious enough to go and find out, even if it means that you have to get outside of kind of the, the status quo, the thinking that you've had right now, which has allowed you to get where you are, you know, it can be difficult to have those conversations and have those, um, those thoughts in your head, but it's really vital to to begin that process as quickly as you can. Um, so looking at- well, well, you know, and Can I just build with that? Because with, with curiosity then allows us to think about how can I go build the next solution? Because I think the most dangerous thing right now is to assume that the status quo is going to keep us safe, right? That we think that if we don't venture too far out, that we're going to be okay. And one of the big tenets of the book is how we hold risk. And one of the things that I will think, I, I feel pretty passionate about is so many of the things that we put in place to keep us, you know, us and institutions safe in the 20th century in the industrial era are no longer holding up in the 21st. And if anything, they're creating huge vulnerability and making us much less safe. So we have, that's where this whole like rethinking and shifting of mindset needs to be. And so I think part of it is recognizing that we're not necessarily losing something. We're not going to be able to sustain the status quo. It's just, it doesn't exist, right? There's too many conditions around that are shifting. So how do we then take the same needs that people have? So they won't have a need for banks necessarily. They will have a need to be able to be able to coordinate resources with one another, right? Be able to exchange goods and services, being able to um, accumulate some sense of stability and wealth. Like those are needs that people have. How they will be expressed might take really different forms moving forward. So being curious about that and feeling like we can be part of the solution set for that mm -hmm. moving ahead is what keeps us safer. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. I think that's a great place to leave it. Obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot to that goes into this and, and the book really covers quite a bit. So I would again, encourage anybody who's listening to to go out and, and get it um, and, and really start to apply some of these pieces to your own life, whether you're on the fintech side or the financial institution side, or simply just an interested observer. And I think that the, these are some really good pieces to take away. And I certainly hope that they start to inspire some people to look at things around them a little bit differently and 
look at, you know, the, some of these big picture changes and open themselves up to the idea that, you know, this change is coming. It's, it's something which you can't hold back. And you really, all you can do is try and approach it with the mindset that's going to allow you to be successful. And, and of course, there's massive opportunity here as well. There's a exactly. lot that we can do to rewrite a better system, you know, coming back to your point, build a better next. I think that this is the onus on, on the financial industry in particular, because so much of what's going to allow people to be successful and prosperous human beings comes through the financial system in some way or another. And so you know, it's up to all of us to really drive this all home. I couldn't agree more. If you could see me smiling, Greg, I'm beaming <laughs> as you say that right now. So thank you for being able to hear that and for being such a um, a guide and an, an encouragement in that because exactly where I believe we need to be headed. Yeah, well, that's excellent. Certainly, you know, and and I ha I will say I've cheated. I've heard you speak before, so I, <laughs> I knew a little bit what was coming. But hey, okay. there's nothing wrong with that. You could call that studying, I suppose, instead of cheating. Uh, exactly. <laughs> no, I think that that's great, and I do think that this stuff, to your point, it takes some time to become more familiar with. Right, just hearing it one time doesn't mean it unlocks mm -hmm. all the, the the doors and all the lights come on. I do think that we need to get. That's why again, leadering is a verb. It's a practice mm -hmm. as opposed to a playbook. It's really a sense that we continuously are learning. We're continuously experiencing and experimenting in order to become more and more confident with this, these capacities. So um, this is exactly the way. Excellent. Well, well, thank you again. Thanks so much for joining me and sharing some of your thoughts with us. Really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks, Greg. The Finnovate podcast is produced by Informa Connect in association with Provoke.fm Media. Check out Finnovate.com for information on Finnovate's upcoming shows and to learn how you can get involved. The discount code Finnovate Podcast will save you 20% on tickets to all of our events. And you can email us at info at for information on sponsoring, speaking, or demoing. Thanks for listening.